Good morning, everyone, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. We thank the Lord again for the opportunity to hear from the Word of God. We're thankful that the Lord has kept us and preserved us for another week. We're thankful for His blessings and how He's taken care of us and ministered to us in every way. Yesterday was a rough day for me because I was so burdened for our dear brother Jim Hyde. And we want to pray for him this morning. We also want to pray for his dear beloved wife, Kathy. And we want to pray for the Lord's healing and the Lord's strengthening and helping in everything that they're going through. The Lord had a different message on my heart this week. But last night when I got the second of the one calls about how the situation had gotten worse for Jim, it burdened me so much I couldn't even hardly sleep. I was so burdened. And when I woke up this morning, the Lord had given me a peace that passes understanding that it's going to be okay, that the Lord is going to heal him. And so the Lord directed me to a different message, and we pray that it'll be a blessing. Shall we just look to the Lord in a word of prayer? Our blessed Heavenly Father, this morning we want to thank you for the opportunity to look into the Word of God. Lord, we're conscious of the fact that we know so little compared to the vast oceans in your Word, Lord, the wonderful truths. And we just pray that you will lead me now by the Holy Spirit and hide me behind the cross. We pray that the words that are spoken today will be encouraging, will be challenging, will be uplifting to every one of those who are hearing it this morning. And Lord, we just pray for our brother Jim, that you'll be with him in the hospital, comfort him and strengthen him and heal him, so that we can see him one day walking out of that hospital, joyfully thanking you. And we pray for Kathy for healing for her as well. We pray for their families that are going through it right with them as we are. And so, Lord, we just commit this time to you and pray that you'll lead us and guide us by your Holy Spirit. We need you in everything. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. A friend of mine by the name of Don Robertson is a brother in Christ at Calvary Bible Chapel. And he was a dear friend also of Bill McDonald, and he was an intern in a different year than Bill and I went through it. This dear brother was climbing up a ladder one day, and he fell off the ladder. It reminded me of the story of Ed and and what he went through, and kind of what Mike Hyde went through as well. This dear brother fell off the ladder, and his heel was crushed. And normally in a situation like this, it's very painful, and you go through maybe a surgery or maybe a time of recovery and rehabilitation and things finally heal up and get better. But things weren't getting better for the brother. And he had not one surgery, but two. And not not just two, but three. But then it led to a fourth surgery. And finally, this week, it led to the eighth surgery that this dear brother had gone through. I get these notifications on Facebook and he sent out a beautiful Beautiful notification about this situation and about his doctor. He says the doctor was using the A word, which means amputate, because he had gotten an infection in his foot as a result of what he had went through with the situation. 
And he was very concerned as well as all his family. And I've been praying for him. And, and so he went through his eighth surgery and the doctor came after the surgery and told him, Don, lady doctor, I'm not going to even amputate a toenail. You're going to be okay. You're going to be healed. And I was so thankful for this dear brother because his attitude was so beautiful. He had such a wonderful spirit through it all. He was quoting different scriptures and he was trusting in the Lord. And not too many people would recognize his name, Don Robertson, but he used to have a, a business in, out of his home where he sold Christian books and literature and things. And we would go, I would go over there and pick them up and we'd purchase them from him and, and uh, pass them on to the saints in the, in the church. And just a dear brother with such a sweet spirit a father, a grandfather. And he was so close to losing his foot. But the Lord intervened. And we're trusting that the Lord's going to do that with our brother Jim. And he's going to do it with our sister Kathy. You know, it's one thing when you hear about this coronavirus and uh, on the news or you watch it on television or on the internet or something like that. But when it happens to somebody you know and you love, and you care about so much, it hits you. It hit me last night like a ton of bricks. I was so burdened, so worried, so concerned for Brother Jim. But I prayed, and the last thing I did before I went to bed, I prayed for him, and when I got up this morning, I was praying for him, and the Lord had just given me a peace that was so beautiful and so wonderful. This morning, the subject we're going to look at is entitled, The Great Physician Makes House Calls. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ is called the Great Physician because He alone can heal when medical science fails. When the doctors say there is no hope, when there's no one who can help us. Jesus is the great physician with capital letters for the G and capital letters for the P. Great physician. We've all experienced it in our lives, whether it's been a physical healing or whether it's been a spiritual healing or whether it's been an emotional healing or a mental healing or a social healing. The Lord Jesus Christ is the only one who can heal us. The only one that can help us in our time of need. And this morning we're going to look at this subject and we're going to read from our text. But first we have the three points we're going to look at. Number one, Christ coming to us. Secondly, Christ's compassion on us. And third, Christ's complete healing for us. And our text today is found in Luke chapter 4, verses 38 and 39. It's also found in Matthew chapter 8, verses 14 and 15, and Mark chapter 1, verses 29 and 30. All in the synoptic Gospels. Here, G here that says of the Lord Jesus Christ, now he, that is the Lord Jesus, arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house. 
But Simon's mother was sick with a high fever, and they made request of him concerning her. So he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she arose and served them. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts today. You know, when we're hurting, when we're down, when we're discouraged, when things are going wrong, he is there with us. But in a special way, when we have a need, like was in this text this morning, Simon Peter's mother-in-law with the fever, he has a special way he comes to us. He knows our needs even before we express them to him. And I love that verse from the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 65 and verse 24. It says, then it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. That's a wonderful verse to indicate how the Lord knows our needs even before we do. And he comes to us with his mercy and compassion and his grace. The Lord Jesus was in the synagogue that was and serving the Father and doing his will with his disciples. And the synagogue was located close by to where Peter was living. It says Simon's house. That's Simon Peter. And it says that Jesus arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house. You know, the Lord comes to us in our times of need. He comes to right where we are. He makes house calls. You don't find many physicians nowadays that make house calls. You have to go to them. You have to make an appointment. You may not get one for right away. It may take a few days or a week. You may have to, to wait your turn. But with the Lord Jesus, you don't have to take a number. He's there for us 24-7. He's there to help us, to comfort us, and to heal us. And when he entered Simon's house, he knew right away there was a need there. The disciples, they made request of him because they knew that he was the one who could help. You know, when the Lord comes to us, he comes at just exactly the right time. He doesn't come too late. He's so good to us. And he comes with compassion. You know, when the Lord Jesus spoke to the multitudes, he saw them like sheep without a shepherd. And it says, and he had compassion on them. He had compassion on the multitudes. He had compassion on the individuals. And he has had compassion on us. We don't deserve it. But he loves us so much and he has such great compassion, such great kindness and such love. You know, when you have the great physician, as we have the Lord Jesus Christ, you never have to worry about his bedside manner. So many doctors may be skilled in their profession, whether it's surgery or whatever their medicine is, family practice, whatever it is, cardiology whatever their specialty is. They may be good doctors, but if they don't have a good bedside manner, 
they can come across as rather uncaring, rather aloof, and that type of thing. You want a doctor who's skilled, but you also want a doctor that's kind, that listens patiently and wants to help you, not to rush you out of the examination room as fast as he or she can, but wants to take the time to listen to what's wrong, to prescribe what's best. And the Lord Jesus Christ, when He does that, He brings about the greatest results. And it's all because of His compassion. I love Luke because Luke himself was a physician. Now, we have some physicians in our church. We have Dr. Rudy. We have Dr. Jean. They're doctors. They're physicians. They help treat patients. And the Lord Jesus Christ is the best physician. He's the best at what he does because he loves us so much. And when he came in, he saw that Simon Peter's mother-in-law was sick with a fever. This kind of dispels the Catholic Church who believed that Peter was never married. He was the first pope. And he was never married. Well, where did they do with a scripture like this? This is Simon Peter's mother-in-law. It says it's his wife's mother. And she had a high fever. And of all the writers, Matthew and Mark and Luke, who wrote about this same incident, it's interesting that each one of them just has it in two verses in each of their Gospels. But of all the three of them, Luke is the one that mentions it was not just a fever, but it was a high fever. A high fever. I remember back when I was young, younger, I should say, not that I'm old now, but back when I was younger, we were down in, in Carmel and Monterey area, and I got very sick, very sick on this trip. And it was hot outside, so hot, just like in the middle of summer, we were down there, And I was so sick with this high fever, and I think my fever had reached up to 103 degrees. And that's pretty high, but for me it was really high because my normal body temperature is lower than 98.6. It's usually about 96.9 or 97, something like that. It's lower than usual. I have a low body temperature normally. So when I reach 103, that is a big temperature, and it makes you feel so sick. And I was just shivering and freezing. When you have a fever, it makes your whole body feel bad. It makes you you just miserable. You don't feel like eating anything. You don't feel like drinking anything. You just want to lay there and you want to put covers on and keep warm. It's a very difficult situation. And that's what he found here with Simon Peter's mother-in-law. She had a very high fever. And back in those days, they didn't have the medications we have to lower the fevers. Uh, They didn't have the penicillins. They didn't have the Tylenols and the Advils and and all of the things that people can take to lower their, their temperature. So it became serious. And it was a high fever. And I really believe from reading the scriptures that this fever that she had was life-threatening. It was a life-threatening fever. The need was great, but the Lord Jesus Christ made a house call that day. And he went 
out of the synagogue and into the house of Simon Peter. It says in the other scriptures in Matthew and Mark that Andrew was with them and James and John and Peter, of course, and they went over to Peter's house. And there she was, very, very ill. The Lord can never turn his back on the needs of his people. He will always be there for us. He didn't just turn around and say, well, I don't want to disturb you. Let's go. We'll go somewhere else. Let her rest. Let her sleep. Uh, try to, you know, get better. Uh, we'll go off and do something else or we'll have a prayer meeting or something like that. He didn't do that. He was going to take care of that matter right now, immediately. And that's exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ did. So we have his coming and we also have his compassion, his compassion that was shown to Simon Peter's mother-in-law. They made request of him. This is a beautiful thing. You know, I personally feel that when we have a need, it hits us pretty hard when we have a need and we pray that the Lord will heal us and meet our needs and help us through whatever situation we're in. But I think it's even more strenuous on us, even more of a burden on us when it's somebody we love. We don't want to see somebody we love going through pain, going through anguish or heartache. We wish we could take that burden upon ourselves and bear it instead of them. Whether it's you see it, you have a, a father or a mother or a brother or a sister or a cousin, somebody in your family that has a need, you're burdened for them. And as Christians, our relationship with each other, I believe too, is closer with each other in Christ than it is with our own natural families. It really is. And it says in Scripture that when one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And when one member rejoices, all the members rejoice with it. We share each other's burdens. The Scripture says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And so it's good to pray for ourselves, and we should give us this day our daily bread. But we should also have a greater burden to pray for one another. Right now, we can't have a joint prayer meeting because we're under this shelter in place and, and we are praying for our homes. But I call upon each one of us to have our own joint prayer meetings in our own living rooms or kitchen table, around the kitchen table or dining room table or wherever it is, to have a prayer meeting. If we were meeting together as we normally would and we were here at church, we would say this Monday night we're going to have a joint prayer meeting and we're going to pray for Brother Jim and Sister Kathy. But we can't do it, as I said, but we can pray at home. We can pray on our own and we can recall upon the name of the Lord. It's so important to pray. It's so important to lift up our eyes to heaven and to thank the Lord that He is with us and that He hears us and He's going to answer us according to His perfect will. And even though Jesus has the power to heal, He doesn't always choose to heal. But when He does choose to heal, He heals immediately. 
And He brings about a great result. And so that's what we should pray for. God's perfect will. God's perfect healing. God's perfect comfort. I was sharing with Rick and Caitlin and then they, I sent a, an email to them with a little devotion on it, which was based on the, on the word. And they sent me a response back today that really touched my heart. Uh, their two children, Kayla and Brianna, you know, it's hard for little ones to understand. Why is grandpa sick? Why is grandma sick? Why are they going through this? And they've heard about this coronavirus and, and things of that nature. And it's very tough on the kids. And they always say on the, on the news when you hear doctors talking or psychologists or whatever it might be, that it's not easy to tell your kids about this pandemic and what, what it does and what this coronavirus does and how, how it can be and what's going on. It's not easy to do. Not easy at all. It's a tough discussion, especially if you have young children. But we're thankful that the kids are learning they are learning and they've learned in Sunday school. They've learned at home. They've learned from the word of God how much God loves them and how much God loves all of us. And so they're trusting in the Lord and they believe and they have a simple childlike faith to know and believe that God is going to come through. And I think we as adults, as we get older, we get a little jaded and sometimes we we think the worst of things that the worst is going to happen. Uh, we think of worst case scenarios and how it could turn out for and how it could be. We always think of the worst. We don't think of the best. But as Christians, we should think of the best because Jesus is the best. He's the best physician. He's the great physician. He has our best interests at heart. He wants us to come to him and trust in him that he will bring about the healing. And I think when God does heal someone we love, we get more blessed by that than we would anything else. And so when they brought their need before the Lord, it says in verse 39, so he, we see not only his coming and not only his compassion, but we see his complete healing. Notice it says, so he stood over her. He stood over her. The Lord Jesus stood over the mother-in-law. Why did he do it? That's how he chose to heal her in this case. He stood over her. He was near her. He was, they didn't have to worry about in those days, the uh, six foot rule like we have now, social distancing and all that. But he came and he was near to her. Near, so very near to God, nearer I could not be. For when I am near, I'm just as near as he. You know, God loves us like he loves his son, Jesus. He has kindness and compassion to us, knowing how burdened we get by the sorrows and difficulties of life. So he stood over her. And I like it. It doesn't say he healed her of the fever. It says he rebuked the fever. A number of weeks ago, we talked about the storm that Jesus was in with his disciples on the boat. And it says he rebuked the waves and the sea and they became calm. Well, here he rebuked the fever. Imagine that. Could God 
have that kind of an effect on a fever? Yes, he can. Because the Lord Jesus Christ is the great physician. He makes house calls. He comes to us where we are. He stands over us and heals us. And notice, he rebuked that fever. And what happened to that fever? It left her. You know, we're in a situation now with this uh, coronavirus that things have gotten somewhat better, but they're worried about a second strike of this virus. We're also worried about with uh, the different protests and things that are going on, people out close to each other and some wearing masks, some not wearing masks, people going to parks and beaches and different places, not really social distancing as much as they should and things that it could lead to more cases of the coronavirus. And I heard Dr. Fauci just yesterday alluding to that, and I've heard other doctors as well uh, mentioning that as, as a possibility that it can happen. We have to be very, very careful of that. But we thank God that when Jesus rebuked the fever, it left her, and it left her immediately. When the Lord heals, He doesn't heal gradually and tell us to take a couple of aspirin, go home, the fever will come down, you'll be just fine, no problem. He heals immediately and completely, just exactly according to His will. He rebuked the fever. And that fever didn't just reduce a little bit, it went down to normal. If you were to have a thermometer and you would have taken that lady's temperature when Jesus arrived and then taken it again when Jesus left, you would find how high it was when he came and how normal it was when he left. Jesus can restore us to normalcy. He can restore us to back to being better than normalcy. One day we're going to reopen our church and it's going to be a great day and the Lord is going to bring us back and we are going to rejoice that He has done it. He can do it. Even the Lord Jesus can heal this coronavirus where man may not be able to do it. God can. And I love the fact that this was such a great thing. And the Scripture through the Holy Spirit mentions it. And it says at the end of verse 39, and immediately she arose and served them. And as I was thinking about this last night and about our dear brother Jim, I was thinking about all the ways that the Lord has used him to serve in our church. And I love this brother so much. And I said, Lord, he's got more to do for you. He's got more to do for you. He has children. He has grandchildren. He has ministries. He loves you so much. It's not his time to go. He's, we don't go one minute before the Lord tells us that it's our time. And many different Bible commentators, including Bill McDonald, have always said that we're immortal. We're immortal until the time the Lord says our mission on earth is completed. And so I was thinking, Lord, he's got so much more to give, so much more to do. He's such a dear brother. He teaches our scripture memory class. He gives words from the scripture. He helps us with all the picnics 
He does so many things to help people over and over again. Jim is a tireless servant who loves the Lord so much. And we know that the Lord is going to do His will in this situation. There's a scripture in John chapter 11 that is so beautiful where the Lord is speaking about Lazarus. And we know that Lazarus was sick and he was close to death. And Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus that he was ill and wanted Jesus to come and and heal him. And if we'll look over here at John chapter 11, verses 3 and 4, it's a beautiful portion. It says, therefore, in verse 3, therefore the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. I remember reading that verse and saying, Lord, the one who you love is sick. The Lord loved Lazarus. The last thing he wanted was to have anything to hurt Lazarus. And yet, he stayed where he was a little bit longer to wait until Lazarus died because he had planned for a greater miracle to raise Lazarus from the dead. And it says in verse 4, when Jesus heard that, that the one whom he loved was sick, it says, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And this comforted me so much when I read this verse. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Whatever we're going through, whether it's an illness, a financial trial, a medical trial, uh, an emotional trial, whatever it happens to be, we should remember that it's not unto death. It's not unto a negative conclusion, but it is a positive one where God will be glorified in the situation and Christ will be glorified. And the great physician here healed this mother-in-law and healed her immediately, and she got up from her healing, excuse me, and she immediately served them. And I thought, wow, Lord, that is going to be Jim. Jim is going to get up immediately, rise up, and start serving again. He's a servant. The word servant in the New Testament is the word doulos. They have a ship called that Operation Mobilization, the Dulos ship, the servant. And the Lord Jesus was God's perfect servant. And the mother-in-law served them. And we know that that was a blessing. She served Jesus. She served Peter. She served Peter's wife. She served Andrew. She served James and John. They were all there, all there at Simon Peter's house. And it was turned from a sad situation into a joyful situation. God was glorified and honored by this wonderful visitor. The Lord Jesus came down from heaven as the heavenly visitor, as the great physician, as the Lamb of God and the Son of God and the Son of Man. You know, when Luke wrote his gospel, he wrote it from the perspective that Jesus is the Son of Man. Meaning that he was fully God 
and fully man. And because he was fully God and fully man, he could go to the cross and die for our sins so that we might have eternal life and be with him forever. Yes, the one whom you love, Lord, is sick. But this sickness is not unto death, but it's for the glory of God. We're thankful today that no matter what happens in our lives, no matter how painful it may be, we're thankful that the Lord is good. Before I conclude the message in a word of prayer this morning, I'd like to read a song that was written, that I wrote, I should say, back on October 3rd of 1979. Wow. I was so young back then. I was 22 years old back in those days. And now I've reached up to, I'll be 63 this month. But the title of this song goes along with the message. And I said, Lord, if you want me to share this song, help me to find it. I know it's in the file somewhere, but I hope it doesn't take me too long to find it. Guess what? It was the very first song in the file is this one. And I'd like to read it and then we'll close in prayer. It says, my great physician heals the sick. He raises each one up. He stretches out his hand in love to fill each empty cup. My great physician gives the blind new eyes to see his face. And with the joy of seeing him, they praise him for his grace. My great physician gives the deaf new ears to hear his voice. And as they listen joyfully, their thankful hearts rejoice. My great physician gives the dumb new tongues to sing his praise. They'll not forget what he has done through everlasting days. My great physician gives the lame new legs to run the race. And as they tread, the road of life, they long to see his face. My great physician cleanses lepers and makes them whole again. And as he heals each dreadful spot, he gives them new life within. My great physician never fails to cast each demon out. Those wicked spirits all must flee as they obey the Savior's shout. My great physician gives new life to those who once were dead. He leads them with his own right hand and feeds them heavenly bread. My great physician touched my life when on the cross he died. He suffered pain unspeakable. My Lord was crucified. And the last verse says, My great physician lives again and sits upon his throne. He promises to be with me. I'll never be alone. May God bless the word of God to our hearts today. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for our great physician that he still makes house calls. He comes to where we are right in our needs. He knows our needs even before we do. He knows what we're going through and will come to help us. We thank you for the great compassion of our Lord Jesus Christ who has compassion on our needs, compassion on our weaknesses and the things that we're going through. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And we just thank you for that, Lord. And we thank you for the complete healing that you gave Simon Peter's mother-in-law. 
the complete healing that you have given us spiritually through the Lord Jesus Christ who died for us. Our sins have been forgiven. We've been healed. And we have eternal life. And Lord, we just thank you that when this dear saint, this dear mother-in-law was healed, she immediately arose and started serving, Lord. Help us to get up and to start serving. If we're not serving now, and if we are serving now, help us to serve more. And we look back and look forward to the time we will be able to gather together again and and go back through our ministries again and, and serve you. And Lord, we just pray that you will help us to be good servants. And Lord, we lift up Jim and Kathy once again for your healing in their lives, Lord, especially for our dear brother Jim's whose condition is more serious. We ask that you would be with him today and restore his health fully and completely. And we ask all these things and give thanks in Jesus' precious name. Amen.